the something's brewing podcast episode 55 55 yeah! Johnny episode and if you follow us you know over on twitch you know who that is that's chris davis uh, chris davis is here with us today on episode 55 of the something's brewing podcast uh follow him on twitter at chris dave uh chris what's your twitter because it's not up on your on your banner fuck hold on well oh, you can you can follow this podcast at you can follow his podcast account at Drop Mitts Hockey, which him and I co-host. But what's your regular Twitter? It's uh, Chris J Davis Eleven. Chris J Davis Eleven. As always, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore, and you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. Um, today's gonna be a hell of an episode. Uh, obviously, I mean the only Bruins news that's really has dropped since the last time we recorded is the uh, Alex Chase on uh, PTO. Um, huge out- news, huge news outside of that, though. Um, this is an episode completely driven by you guys, and shout out to all of you guys because we got a shit ton of DMs. So, we're gonna go through those, and, and this episode is dedicated to you guys and your thoughts and your questions, and we will go through it. Um, and we, we can talk about Chase on, but you know, a couple of the DMs had to do with him, so I think we might as well just get into that a little bit. So the first one comes in. It's from our boy, Brett. Um, let's see here. You can follow him on Twitter at Brett Howard underscore. He said, would you rather keep the kids up at the beginning of the season and give them some games to see what we have or keep them in Providence and go with a vet heavy bottom six? And then he said examples in the tweet below. Actually, he said Zweet. Examples of this week below. He said JVR Geeky Steen, Lucic Bokefist Brown slash Greer, or JVR Geeky Lysel, Lucic Beecher McLaughlin slash Lauco. Chris, let's start with you. What, what do you what are you thinking? What are your thoughts on that one? Well, I don't I think there should be a, a good combination of both vets and young kids. Like I don't think you should completely have all the young kids down in Providence. Like I think you would be doing them a uh, injustice for their development. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm all for giving the kids a chance. Like the, the only way that they're going to develop and, um, you know, improve is getting that ice time at the NHL level. Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of kids that are like on the cusp of being like everyday NHL players. Um, yeah. You mentioned, you know, McLaughlin, Lauko, um, you know, fucking Merkulov. I, I think you have to give these kids a chance and then use those vets as like depth forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd just be doing them an injustice um, as far as their development goes, just kind of burying them in Providence. Yeah, especially with guys like Brown and 
I mean, I know Geeky's saying no matter what, but like guys like Brown, McLaughlin, um, you could. I think they're going to be the guys riding the bus the most. But Mel, what are your thoughts on that one? What do you think? Because it's a valid question, and all of a sudden the Bruins have just a lot of depth, and no matter what. Providence is going to be disgusting. Dude, forget Stanley <laughs> Cup, man. We're going to be Calder Cup champs. We're going for the Calder Cup. I'm, I'm <laughs> standing. I'm going to be live tweeting yeah. Providence all year. Forget the Bruins. But yeah. I th- no, I think we're going to see a healthy mix throughout the season of some of the old heads as well as some of the young guys. I mean, I don't know at the beginning of the season. I don't know if it really matters if you start with young guys on your roster, if they're going to get called up and get a big chunk of games towards the middle and end anyways. But I did see looking at Brett's examples. He is JVR on, on the third line. Do you yeah. think JVR is going to be a consistent third liner this year? Or do you think he's going to get the most of his minutes playing on the second line? Well, if you notice, too, in those lines that he made for the bottom six, the one guy that's missing is Frederick. So I'm assuming he has Frederick up on, on second line wing. Oh, I don't know. But you and I were t- – after last week when you and I were talking about putting Geeky, Frederick, and um, Lauko on the same yeah. line, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm kind of feeling that. I like making some chaos happen. I think that would be a really fun line. Well, yeah, because you saw Frederick and Coyle work out so well together anyways on the third line this year. So if Frederick's ready to take that next step and really play second line minutes, and I mean, with a familiar center in Coyle that, you know, he works well with, then I'm for it. I mean, I don't see why not. You're going to have to eventually put these younger guys in bigger roles. And just the way that this year is set up with, with the expectations kind of 50-50, they could be good. They could be, you know, a, a little bit of a letdown. I don't see why you wouldn't, you know, put those guys in that type of scenario this season. I think it's the perfect year for it. Um, yeah, I know thinking as well, too, like if you have, you know, injuries coming down the road, I mean, I don't know what position the Bruins going to be come trade deadline. I, I mean, I think most of us have them making the playoffs. I mean, they're still too good to miss the playoffs. And, and yeah, crunch time, you get towards, you know, the first week of the playoffs, last couple weeks of the year. Um, you don't want to have injuries to your bottom six. And you got to go, oh, shit, let's call this guy up from Providence who's played two games at the big club all year. So I think they definitely have to have a healthy mix of bringing these guys up, not just for their development, but I think in terms of chemistry as well and just, you know, what could happen down the road. I mean, I know the Bruins had injury concerns this year into the playoffs. They were the deepest team I've ever seen in my entire life. So, yeah, they <laughs> lost They lost in the first round, but they were still a very good team despite the injuries that they had. Um, but, like, they don't have a yeah, former heart winner on their third line you know they don't have Bertuzzi playing opposite wing on his third line either and yeah. uh, if they want to make this some noise come playoff time I mean if you have some holes in your roster some injuries you need these young guys to start coming along and I think that starts with bringing them up earlier to start the season as opposed to towards the end of the year yeah now do you guys have any locks for the bottom six maybe like two or three guys who already have their you know spots cemented in no matter what I think for me, for me, it's Geeky for sure, uh, JVR for sure, and I'm thinking I want to say Lauko, but just the way that his contract is set up, you know, he's kind of flexible in terms of the waiver wire. Um, but I would go Geeky. Oh, Lucic is probably a cement, cemented in there too. So I'll go, I'll go Geeky, Lucic, and. Um, uh jvr for my three that are cemented yeah i i think for me if we're talking just young guys i think it's lauko whether you slot him in on a on a third line wing or fourth line wing i think he should be seeing the ice every single night um i think what he showed us last year his grit um yeah i'm trying to remember i'm trying to think back who we fought 
one game, and all of a sudden, man, you just you noticed it was a visible momentum shift in that game, and, yeah. and that's the kind of shit that we need um, from bottom six forth, and especially him being a young guy. He's a lock for me to be in in the bottom six on a consistent basis. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like Ge- Geeky is definitely a lock. Um, yeah. I like Lauko, and I want to see what Lauko can do this year in a bigger role. I know we've mentioned it before, but um, Trent Frederick last year when he finally got his shot and he popped off getting bottom of three minutes. And I'm not saying that Lauko is going to get 18 goals this year or whatever it was that Frederick got last year, but he's a guy who can make shit happen on the ice. And I want to see what he can do, and I think this is his perfect opportunity. And uh, I don't know if he's a lock. I mean, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be a consistent mainstay in your fourth line. But I think Boquist as well is going to get a lot of games this year. I don't really – who Who are your other options at your fourth line center? Just him and him and Beecher unless you move some guys around? Yeah, I mean, unless you decide – unless they decide to maybe put Frederick at center. Like, I, I don't know. Go any which direction. Like – if they like the chemistry that Coyle and Frederick have, or if they want to stick Fred, Freddie at a at a center role, then put him on that fourth line or third line. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. But um, again, related to Chase, on this question comes in from uh, <laughs> this question comes in from Boosie. Obviously, you can follow him on Twitter at Downtown Boosie too. He said, "If the Bruins end up signing Chase on, who do you think the odd man out is?" And Bobby Bruschi chimed in, and he had the same answer as I did. He said AJ Greer. Yeah, so I, yeah, it's got to be AJ Greer, right? Unless I you think guys it's have AJ another Greer. option. I mean, they've they've they play the same position. I mean, AJ Greer isn't known for putting pucks in the back of the net. I mean, he's known for being a bit of an electric factory, and especially towards the end of the season last year, it seemed like he was literally fighting anybody who dared look at him the wrong way yeah. and uh i mean i don't know if he can it seemed like at points last year he was really the only guy in the bruins who could assume that role but i think that that role has kind of been taken this year with lucic who can still beat the brakes off of somebody's face yeah. um and then even like some of those right wingers that you would call up on the fourth line i mean those are are mostly younger players who you think could have a future in this organization albeit maybe not on the fourth line their whole career, but you could see a guy like Lauko maybe playing fourth line minutes, becoming a third liner. Who knows what Mark McLaughlin can be when he gets his chance. And I just feel like we know who AJ Greer is. I don't think he's going to, you know, take another step this year and develop another part of his offensive game. He could, but you know, if you're bringing in uh, a 32 year old right winger who uh, has scored double digit goals, like four times his career, I feel like there's really one odd man out in terms of who you're looking at to lose their spot. And I think that will be AJ Greer. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, and honestly, not even with this professional tryout, like I think Greer's already kind of lost his Yeah. Yeah. I think the writing's on the wall a bit. Being on the roster yet. Like he's not even signed, and I already think AJ Greer's the odd man out. Like like I don't know. Are you gonna keep are you gonna keep Lucic and Greer on in the lineup at the same exact time, both being on a fourth line? Like I I don't know. Like for me kind of the odd man out, like without Chase on even being in involved at this point. Yeah, this just pushes yeah. him further down the ladder. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think the obvious answer is Greer. I mean, I can't really – there's really no other player that I would rather chase on over. Like, it's not JVR. It's not Geeky. Like, no, no I would take yeah. those guys over chase on any day. Would either of you guys – would you play Brown over Greer or Greer over Brown? See, that's a lot closer than yes. a Lucic or Greer or like a Geeky or 
that that's a lot closer, and I think those guys are are interchangeable um, as far as skill set goes and toughness too. I mean, they're both pretty tough guys, and I, I don't know, I, it's close. But I think I think I'd rather Greer than Brown, honestly. Yeah, you know, just just under a year ago, man. You were ready to get an AJ Greer jersey, dude. Like I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was gonna call my guy and have him carve a statue of AJ Greer. Like this dude, we had an episode <laughs> called the AJ Greer Experience because he was, know, dude. was freaking Wayne Gretzky in the preseason last year. He was insane, and then he started last season with like four points in five games. We're like, oh my god! Yeah, and they found this guy off the streets. Like, where has he been? And now a year later, we're like, yeah, dude. I don't even, I don't even dude, think they're the, gonna. The, the hype was real with him, dude. When. When he scored that goal and fucking kissed the spoke B man, everyone yes, was, everyone was ready to get an AJ Greer jersey, man. People were ready to put him on the fucking first line. They're like, "Yep, he's saved." It's like, honestly, it's yeah, would, it was a cool moment though. Honestly, yeah. I, would, I would not be surprised if you listen to an old episode and I like my takes have been so continuously bad, and I'm I, I wouldn't if I was like. Put him on the first line. Put pasta on the second line. See what happens. Like, I would not be surprised if I was banging those drums back then. Because he was, like, he took Boston by storm. They were, like, his name in the preseason. Him and Zaboral against the Flyers. That's, like, the Zaboral everybody talks about when Zaboral (laughs) turned into Bobby Orr in the preseason last year against the Flyers. Yeah, we were Fucking gives the Borel the Norris after that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, dude. His odds on DraftKings just jumped by like 10,000 yeah. points. But um, it's funny. I forgot about that moment where where he kissed the jersey. I, that was the moment where I was like, oh, like, dude, he needs to be in the lineup every single game. Like, give, him, give him eight years right now. Forget Pasta. We'll worry about him later. Let's get yeah, AJ Greer. Give, give, give AJ Greer the A. I know the C's for Bergeron, but give Greer the A. He just kissed the logo in the preseason. But um, it set the tone for the rest of the year, honestly. It got the guys going. It did. Who knows? But, Maybe the Bruins don't get 65 wins and 100 and whatever points. If AJ Greer doesn't get four points in five games to start the season, yeah. lights the league on fire in the preseason, and then kisses the spoke B. I don't. Maybe it set the tone. Who knows? Yeah. That, yeah, maybe that's what really led us to having the best season of all time. It was AJ Greer. <laughs> but um, this next question comes in from the, the legend himself, Bobby Bruschi. Um, shout, out to, shout out to the beaches From of Winnipeg. From the beaches of Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you've been tasked to cast the Austin Powers reboot. You need to cast Mr. Powers and Dr. Evil. Who do you choose from the show? Now, I think I, this was before we we uh, announced that Chris was coming on. So I want to push this off to Chris first. So we yeah. don't have to choose between me and you, Mel. Oh God! Out of me and Mel, Chris, who's Austin Powers and who's Doctor Evil? No, this is a really easy choice for me. I think Doctor Evil is Mel, obviously. <laughs> that was so quick. Billion dollars. <laughs> oh, without, without doubt, just y- your facial uh, construction, like yeah. You're <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I need to get a, a hairless cat pet. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a in a pool of sharks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, it's an easy choice for me. Why? What what traits make Sully Austin Powers? Because he's a dumbass. I don't I don't think it's really <laughs> the traits that make Sully Austin Powers. It's the traits that make you Doctor Evil. Mm. So I have to, <laughs> Mikey Austin Powers at that point. Like, oh my god, I'll yeah. take Austin Powers. 
um, Doctor Evil. Screw it. I'd be a good Doctor Evil too. Listen, he, hey, he's very underrated. So don't take that. You as could a- be. Uh, you could be. Uh, I don't remember. Is it me? No, no. I say. <laughs> what's the name of the character that Will Ferrell plays? The guy who you can't you can't ask him three times. He'll he'll never tell never tell unless you ask him three times. You know who I'm talking about? Stumped. No, uh, in in Will, Austin Powers. Yeah, Will Ferrell's in one of the Austin Power movies, and he's one of Doctor Evil's associates. And like uh, Austin Powers, going, oh! the woman that he's with, what's his name? Mustafa. Yes, Mustafa. He wears he he the fez. And, and, and they, yeah, and they go and they're like, "You have to tell us where his lair is." And he's like, "I'll never tell you unless you ask me three times." Like, tell us where his tell us where his lair is. And he's like, "You'll never get it out of me. I'll take it to my grave." I'll take the like, pasta. Yeah, then they're like, t- and then they ask him a third time, and he's like, "Oh, it's <laughs> hidden in the mountains behind a statue of Doctor Evil's face." <laughs> we gotta, have, we gotta have a marathon now and watch that. Bobby Bruce Dude, put us on. <laughs> I was just gonna say that era, like the late '90s era of Will Ferrell, was so funny. Like oh Zoolander, God. dude. Him and uh, Jim yeah. Carrey too. I, yes. I, when I saw this, I totally misread this question, and I thought it was like who we would pick. And I was going to ask, is it players in the Bruins that we think would be uh, <laughs> powers and Dr. Evil or just actors? Cause I was going to say, I would love to see Jim Carrey. Cause he was on a roll too. In those late nineties movies. Actually, if you could pick a player from the Bruins to be Austin powers and Dr. Evil, I, I think Austin powers for me would be David Posternock for sure. And oh yeah. <laughs> Dr. Evil, Dr. Evil. That's tough. Hampus Lindholm. I think Hampus Lindholm could be a good Dr. Evil. He kind of has that look. He could a little that's, bit of a side eye, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They don't have anybody who's bald, do they? Nick no. Felino's gone. So Anton Strowman would have been a perfect Dr. Evil. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh my Brad Marchand can be mini-me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Derek Forbert can be Mustafa, whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What's his name? I called him fucking Mufasa. That's <laughs> yes, the Lion King. <laughs> is, it, is it Mustafa? Mustafa, yeah. Mustafa. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, but all right, so the next question in comes from uh Sarah. You can follow her on Twitter at SS But with Flavor. She said, Hey guys, longtime listener, first time caller. Shout out Sarah. Do you think anything will come of the chase on tryout? And what are you looking forward to most about training camp? Shout out, Sarah. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think chase on is going to end up getting signed? I think so. I think he'll get, I think he'll get a contract. That'd be I, cool cause... Yeah. I think the bees are always good for like a veteran signing. Um, yep. Especially like this time of year as we're getting closer, like saw it last year with Strawman, they kind of brought him in on a, uh, on a PTO and, Ended up bringing him. He in. sucked. Yeah, that worked yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously that one didn't didn't work out. But he also got Evil. stuck in Europe or whatever it was. <laughs> he just, you know, he didn't want to come back. <laughs> I don't know because I remember that when they're like, I remember because he was stuck for like a week or whatever trying to get his visa, whatever it was. And yeah. I yes. remember on, on Twitter, people were like, just wait till Strawman comes, man. Just wait. This team's yeah. gonna get even better. First game immediately coughed it up like three times and they're contributed to like four goals against the Senators. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Um. Um, excited for the preseason though? No, I want to see some of the young no, guys. Tra- want- training camp, training camp. Oh, training camp? Well, same thing. I want to see some of the young guys. I know I've been following a lot of people on Twitter um, when they were at the at the dev camp. Shout out Chris Davis. Some of the clips that you were putting out there too were popping <laughs> off. But um, no, I, I mean, I, I feel like I've I've heard a lot about some of the young guys in the system. Obviously, you know, you hear about your Lori, your Lysel, 
um, your Merkulov, but um, some of the secondary guys where I feel like that's where names are made in dev camp and in training camp and all that early season stuff. So I want to see some clips on Twitter and I want to get uh, irrationally excited for players who will probably not sniff the NHL roster for a couple of years. It's funny you say that because just to answer the first part of your question, I do think he's going to get a contract. All right, that's Chase on. But the thing I'm looking forward to the most about training camp, I want to see, like you said, these young guys, the the guys everybody knows and are who are, you know, everyone's going to be looking at, Rakulov, Lysel, Lorai. But training camp slash preseason, um, I want to see the Beechers. I want to see the McLaughlins. Um, I mean, even, hell, guys like Ty Gallagher. See what the guys who are already established and who have been in the system for a little bit now, see if they can make the next step, you know, um, uh, contribute during, you know, training camp, during preseason games, and really make an argument for themselves that they should be up with Boston in the beginning of the year. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. What about you, Chris? Yeah, no – for me, it's it's also like those secondary guys you mentioned. Um, and another guy I'll throw in there is uh, Trevor Kuntar. Yes, he signed a a two year deal um, this this off season. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see like what those guys bring. Um, obviously, that you know they're going to be fired up, all trying to make the make the team. Um, another thing I'm really excited to see and like kind of interested, like something I'll be watching is like who kind of steps up like in a in a bigger leadership role for this team. Like, uh, obviously, you know, you you got Martian, Pasta wore the A last year. Well, I want to say, I'm curious if any other players are going to, like, step up and, and take kind of a, a, like, an increased leadership role. Um, and yeah. I know that's kind of not really something you'll see in training camp, but I guess you could see it a little bit. I think in past training camps that I've been to, it was kind of just Bergeron running the show. Um, so, obviously, yeah. with him – you know, with him gone, I'm kind of curious to see if um, if anyone else takes like an increased leadership role. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's it starts in the off season too. I mean, I know Char Char used to harp on it all the time about those off season conditioning drills, how important those are for building you know team camaraderie and chemistry. And I know this is the first time in forever that the Bruins are entering an off season without a captain. I'm sure the guys in the locker room probably have. I think they know who the captain is. They have some sort of sense. We're all just holding on our hats here, waiting for us to find out. Um, but I think Sully mentioned as well, seeing who can step up in the preseason. I know last year we we were just talking about Zaboral and uh, AJ Greer, but I, last year this team was so deep, there was really no holes in their bottom six. I feel like it didn't really matter what somebody did in the preseason. You were going to have a hard chance of cracking this roster and cracking some ice time. But here we are now, and we are – I mean, our, our bottom six – I we really don't have any definitive shoe-ins, maybe a couple guys who we know are going to be on the team. They're going to be getting seemingly everyday minutes, um, but there's opportunities there for guys to seize uh, a roster spot in the preseason and to, and to seize their opportunity. And maybe we'll see somebody else do what AJ Greer last year did, and hopefully they can build off of that and to continue to produce in the preseason. But I feel bad. I feel like I've just been ripping AJ Greer since this episode started. <laughs> but uh, no, the, you know, the opportunity is there. They got a bunch of young guys who are chomping at the bit to make some noise and to start their career in the NHL. And I want to see what some of them are going to do. Yeah, dude, I agree. Um, so this next one comes in from Lauren. You can follow her on Twitter at Boss Bruins HC. Uh, half of the All Goals No Misses podcast. She asked, "What is one NHL team that no matter how much money or goons you are offered, you still wouldn't want to play for?" That's a great question. 
I'll probably Winnipeg. I mean, Bobby's going to hate you. Bobby, listen, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but – and it's – I don't know how to say this without upsetting Bobby. (laughs) I just – I don't know anything about Winnipeg. I've never been to Winnipeg. I just know that Winnipeg is is celebrated, if you want to say that, as arguably, if not the coldest city in all of North America. And I would absolutely hate that. And I'm I'm not thinking of from a, a team point of view. I'm thinking of from as like an NHL player or hopefully a star where I would want to be spending my entire career. Like, would I want to live on the beaches of Florida? Absolutely. Would I want to live in the sunshine out west? Hell yeah. Would I want to, you know, live, I guess, I'll, I'll include playing, play for an original six team? Absolutely. But playing for the Winnipeg Jets, I don't know. I, I would not be so keen as to jump at that opportunity. <laughs> I almost said Edmonton. I was thinking Edmonton for pretty much the really? same reason. But Edmonton has some history. I mean, you know, Gretzky played yeah. there when they won a couple cups. I would also be going and joining, you know, uh, McDavid. So that would be nice. But That'd be cool. Yeah, you know. A couple yeah. of tap-ins. I, I, I think 97 is still to see. You'd have to play in front of uh, Oilers analytics, though. So that, that's <laughs> – Oh, you know what? It's Edmonton. It's Edmonton. I would not <laughs> want to play for Edmonton. <laughs> so, I- Mel hates Canada. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> whatever, whatever fucking team Mike Babcock is coaching is where I would <laughs> Because with my style of play being an absolute freaking bender and a load on the fourth line, he would just be <laughs> So, wherever. A specific city, though, I don't know if I'd want to play in Vegas, dude. Like, oh, I would love to play in Vegas. Like, I, I think it would be cool, like, the first – However long, dude, but but I hear the horror stories from that city of just people that are loose cannons like I am and just yeah. go all out and just wouldn't be able to show up to the rink. Um, that, I mean, it's not it's not anything against the city. I just don't think I'd be able to handle it. Yeah, like it would be it would be too much, like almost just too much commotion twenty four seven. You don't get that time to just kind of have a break. Yeah, and I love to gamble too. <laughs> yeah. you, you either you either win a lot or you just crumble. It's, yeah. it's, there's no in between. Yeah, hot take. I think it'd be. Uh, I think it would be Vegas for me. I think for me, and Mel, I understand Winnipeg. Uh, Chris, I understand Vegas. For me, I think it's the Islanders. I think they're the most like. I think they're the most boring franchise in the league there's already a new york team actually there's two new york teams that are better than the islanders the sabers and the rangers if you're asking <laughs> me what team i would love to play for not the bruins it's the sabers oh there we go <laughs> yeah you're right yeah that's probably where i'd end up um but i mean the islanders are just boring their fan base doesn't really seem to care all that much um outside of the the, the you know a couple diehards that they have uh, their jerseys are kind of meh. Their history is kind of meh. And they're just always like a, a in the back of my mind when I think about the NHL. They're always one of the last teams I think about. So Islanders for me, for sure. Um, they're just not on my radar at all. I would literally <laughs> rather play for the Atlanta Thrashers than play for the New York Islanders. Listen, that So you would join me in Winnipeg, you're saying? You Atlanta, dude. Atlanta is a phenomenal city. And if you ever are in Atlanta, hit up the Pink Pony. 
Tell him Chris sent you. <laughs> did did I'm Lauren afraid. did Lauren ask what her what her, what team we would want to play for, or just what we wouldn't want to play for? Just wouldn't, but we can turn it into uh, what team we would outside of the Bruins. What team would you want to? And I already gave my answer, so you too. Honestly, I I know Davis. You just said you wouldn't want to play for him. I would love to play for Vegas. I think that would be so much fun. A Vegas, it's such an obviously, it's a fun city. It's not. I mean, it's hot as hell, but that's fine because you're in the ice rink most of the time, and it's nice to step in there and cool down. Uh, their their fans are freaking crazy. Uh, their stadium is insane. The amount of money that they pour into that program is unbelievable. I think that there are certainly a lot more worse places to play than Vegas, but I just think quality of life would be fun. They just won the Stanley Cup. I mean, they're they're a super competitive team, so I would have to say Vegas. Yeah. So for me, take me back down south, uh, Dallas Stars, dude. Ooh, I really? Love Texas, dude. I'm a big Texas guy. <laughs> I, I think it would be so fun to play down south, dude. The sp- especially where like hockey is just such a like a rare sport down there like it just doesn't happen like you have the stars and that's it um it's all football college football down there like you know you got the cowboys but yeah give me texas all day you know what's a a hot take i feel like the avalanche would be fun to play for that's a good pick colorado it's almost like in like new hampshire the west i mean there's you know mountains and shit to sled down and it's cold and they got a good hockey program a good hockey team and you're also uh uh I mean, a, a long driveway, but you're a driveway from Vegas. Yeah, true. I, I, I like that, honestly. Like, and honestly, the more I think about it, I don't hate. Now that I'm like thinking about it, I wouldn't hate <laughs> to play for Vegas. I think mm-hmm. it's more so just going like my personality type and knowing that I would blow all my salary. <laughs> you know, it just I don't see how I could make that work. There's, It'll there's, keep you motivated, though. Well, I guess motivated. <laughs> we we could be fourth liners together. You could be my running mate. <laughs> you want that? We'll have uh, Al Pacino join us. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's jump into this next one. We still have so many left to get into, but um, this next one comes in from Tommy Bennett. You can follow him on Twitter at TJ Bennett thirty seven. Uh, running with the Devils. Shout out. Um. Uh, he said. Given the recent Hagel extension, what does that mean for Jake DeBrusque? DeBrusque is better defensively, and they had similar production rates. So, obviously, Brandon Hagel today, Tampa Bay Lightning, he got eight years, uh, $6.5 million. What do you guys think that means for JD? Obviously, he has his contract extension coming up, hopefully. Um, I, I, It obviously depends on what he does this season, but as it sits right now, I don't think I would go any higher than six and a half mil for JD unless he literally has a bananas year and puts up like 70, 80 points. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, they're Hagel's what's he two years younger. I believe he's 24. Um, Offensively. I mean, their numbers aren't too far off in the, almost full seasons that Hagel has played. He put up 30 goals, 64 points last year. His last almost full season was in 2021, 2022, where he had 25 goals and 44 points. I mean, it it feels to me that they're paying him a lot as well as who he can become because he's only 24 and eight years at six and a half is a lot of money to pay for a guy who's only scored 20 goals twice or maybe, yeah, twice. Um, 
But no, I think Jake DeBrus can get a similar contract, and I'm on the same boat as you. I don't think I would go over six and a half. Now, would you go eight years though? Would you want to give him a, a, con- a term that long? Uh, Chris is shaking his head, but I would. I would. If you can lock up JD eight years um, at that cap, you know, at that cap hit, say six and a half mil, eight years, uh, cap's only going to go up. Um, and then you don't have to worry about his contract uh, until he's in what his 30s. So you have him locked up for the next core of the Bruins. And I, I think, you know, with JD in this lineup, you're a competitive team, obviously, but I wouldn't mind the eight years for JD. I wouldn't. Chris, why, why, why no, Chris? I so the way that I look at DeBrusque is what he did when he was not playing with two Hall of Famers. Fair. And at some point in time, he's not going to have those same line mates. What what I'm worried about is the tail end of that of that deal. At six and a half million, it's going to look like a way overpay. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think his production's going to go down. I don't think he's the same player. And this is not me saying that I don't think he's a good player because he's right. solid. I don't right. think he's a top line by any means. I think Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand may, made him look a lot better than he actually is. So what are your expectations for this season? I don't think he hits anywhere near what he did this year. Interesting. I, I, I think it's going to be a definitely – not, I'm not saying he's going to have a terrible year, but it's for sure going to be a down year, in my opinion. Again, you're playing with a first ballot Hall of Famer in Patrice Bergeron. We don't know if he's going to play with Mark. I, I don't know how these lines are going to, uh, you know, what's going to happen with these lines. Yeah. But I do think a huge part of his production <clears throat> was him playing with, like I said, two Hall of Famers. So he had 50 points in 64 games this season. So say he played for all 82, he's probably somewhere around, we'll say 60 points. What do you think, you know, what's a big drop off for him? I would say like 40 points. 40 points? Would be a, would be a pretty big drop off, especially playing first line minutes, which we expect him to do, right? Still probably playing on that right side with Marsh in. Okay. I think that would be a big drop off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In my opinion. Again, that's not to say that I'm saying that he's not a good player. I think he's a very good role player. And I think the the role that they had it, that Coach Montgomery had him in, playing with those two is where he excels. But obviously Bergeron's gone. See, now I'm in almost the opposite boat of you. I think he's going to have – and I think he's going to stay healthy. I think he's going to play at least 75 games. And I think he's going to put up – uh, I'll say, uh, I'll say 60 plus. I think he puts up 60 plus points. Um, anything over 70 is, um, you know, exceeding my expectations for him this year, but anything less than I'll say 55 is, is, uh, it's going to constitute as just a, a bad year from him. Yeah. But if he, if he hits, Say he say he doesn't hit fifty five points. He's in that say forty five to fifty five range. Is he worth six and a half at that point? Like no, I, nope. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is yeah, I think this is a <clears throat> contract year for him. No Bergeron. We don't know what. I mean, we hope Marshan can stay healthy. He's getting older. 
Um, we hope Jabrus can stay healthy. So I, I don't know, man. I think I think it's pretty obvious to say that this is a huge year for him as far as like his contract goes. A six and a half is too much for me. At, at the way that he plays, it's too much for me. I know we were talking last year as well, uh, before this season started, how, how last season was a big year for Jake DeBrusque because he had just rescinded his trade request and everything. And that this, he was finally, it seemed like he was finally getting his shot. He's playing first line minutes. He's fine with Bergeron. He's fine with Marshawn. Let's see what he finally, he has this opportunity that he's been wanting since he was drafted. Let's see if what he does with it. And I thought that he ran with it. And uh, I mean, 50 points and 27 goals in the 60, what was it? 64 games. I mean, Sully, Ow, I just ran over my toe with my chair. God damn it. <laughs> Sully, you were saying you think you could get 60 if you played a full 82. I mean, I think you're looking more at 65. I mean, I th- he's he's definitely eclipsing 30 goals for the first time of his career if he's playing a full 82 se- full 82 game season. But I think that's also part of the Jake DeBrus experience as well, is he's only played 75 games once his entire career. I mean, mm-hmm. he's 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 usually hovering right around the 60 to 65 game mark. Um, and you know, he missed a, a big chunk of the season this year, despite pretty much single-handedly winning the winter classic with a broken leg, whatever the hell he had. Um, but you know, eight years, I think is a bit too much. I, I, I'm on the same boat as Davis. I really want to see what he does this year when he isn't playing with Bergeron. And, and if he has Marshawn on his left wing, let's see what, you know, let's see what they do together. Um, but I would feel a lot more comfortable giving him six and a half million if he steps into this year and he, you know, puts up 30 goals and he pl- he eclipses 75 games played but i also know at the at the same time i mean he's you know is he is he up after this year his contract yes i mean at the same time I and mean, he's a pending free agent and you don't want a 30 goal score you know at the age of 27 hitting free agency so so this is the main thing too it's i think we have a lot of different perspectives on this and we're not going to really have a clear cut you know, thinking process until we see what he does this season. Because like Chris, you said, if he has a down year, then there is no chance in hell he makes six and a half mil. No way. If he goes off, he could also push his way into a higher contract. So it's really depending on this season. The the way that I see it, if he has another season that he had, like say he has another outstanding year like he had this past season – I think, like you guys were just saying, six and a half is like the still, even with him having another phenomenal season, yeah. six and a half is like the max yeah. that I like. And that, and I think that's even pushing it. And I, I still, I, I'm always weary of these like eight year deals with, with guys like this because then you're pushing like mid 30s. And like at that point, like, is it worth it? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's the same as like Bacchus contract, but like, that's how it always is. Like towards those tail end of those deals, these guys are older. They, you know, they've slowed down significantly. He's probably not going to get thirty goals in his mid thirties. Like, I don't know. I'm always weary of those fucking huge deals. Yeah, um, I think the thing that that would concern me more about the deal is is I'm okay with a six and a half number. It doesn't bother me as much as it concerns you. But I'm with you on the eight years. I mean, even if you have a guy who's making, uh, you know, if if they have if they're making six and a half mil, they're not playing up to their contract, and they have two years left in their deal. That's a hell of a lot easier to move than a guy who still has five years left, who's you know over the age of thirty. Um, and 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 I don't. I hope DeBrusque doesn't enter that territory where he becomes an untradeable contract. I don't think that he will. But it will be much more likely that he does if if the reason he can't be traded is because he is too many years in his contract compared to 
too much money because you can always move guys. You can always you always have teams that are trying to hit the cap floor. I mean, Felino, I love the guy. He just got four mil or whatever the hell it was from Chicago. They're trying to hit the floor. I mean, if you have a guy like DeBrusque who still has three or four years left on his contract at that number and he's not playing up to it, that's going to be a really hard contract to move. But yeah, no, agreed. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. Obviously, how JD performs this year, but. It's going to be an interesting storyline to watch all season. The next question comes in from um, Berg. You can follow him on Twitter at Berg hey, the goalie. Shout isn't out to it? You. Isn't it Burge? Is it? Is it Burge? I, yeah, I think it's Burge. Oh shoot! Okay, Burge. <laughs> My bad, Burge. That's embarrassing for you, huh? <laughs> follow him. Everybody on point Twitter. and laugh. And follow him on Twitter at Burge the goalie. Um, shout out to Two Pad Stack. He said, why do you think Bruins fans get so triggered by something as simple as a PTO offer? I think I think personally it's because the Bruins fan base is so tuned into the team and everybody's opinions are so voiced that you're just going to get that between fans. I think a lot of it too is it's just news. I mean, we just haven't had news in forever. Yeah. And Sully and I were talking about this. Every single news you've heard about the Bruins this year has sucked. Like it's been horrible. Like your favorite player just signed with the Maple Leafs. Your your favorite player of all time just retired. Here you go. Your second favorite player also just retired. Oh, they might trade Olmark. It, it, they don't have a pick until the third round. You're wasting your time watching the draft. It was like everything that's come out this summer has just has sucked. And that's why like um that's we were, like that's why we were so excited about uh Trent Frederick and him getting his new deal, Jeremy Swayman getting his new deal. I mean, those are like the only two pieces of good news it seems like we've gotten. Nick Foligno was traded. Taylor Hall was traded. Like, yeah. it's, it's sucked. <laughs> and that's why, like, we have a PTO. We're not we, – we, you mean we're not losing anybody? They're actually bringing – there's a new guy maybe joining the fold? Like, it's exciting. That's why people are talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I think – we're getting so close to the season, dude, that any little news is new is something. It's yeah. something to either A, look forward to, or B, bitch about. Yeah. You know, like, it's just something. And I know last week, Mikey, we were talking about it, how how excited we were for the Bruins to bring in Farinacci. And it's like, you yeah. they just brought in, like, a fucking Hall of Famer. It's like, <laughs> I was scrolling through social media. I'm like, holy shit, dude. We got, like, this guy. <laughs> Everyone was so fired up. And, and, yeah. and I definitely am fired Holy up. shit, John Farinacci's coming to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, I, I think that any little bit, we're so close to the season. I think everyone's just ready to get hockey back. Yeah. Um, that any little news is something. It's something to talk about. It's like, you know, Bruins Twitter, everyone is so like, they're just the way that they engage and we all engage with each other, like just love bullshitting about hockey. Like, and, and I think yeah. with, with how close we are, it's just something, it's something to talk about. Yeah. Fair, what's his name? John Farinacci. Yeah. yeah. John Farinacci. Isn't that, isn't that like a mathematical equation? Like the Farinacci <laughs> sequence or something? Or am I making that? You're asking the wrong guy. I think, yeah. I think I barely well, passed like third grade math. So dude, the highest level of math. Oh, the I got Fibonacci through. sequence. <laughs> it's a thing right. that looks like a seashell. Bruins <laughs> just signed that guy. That they just signed Einstein. Dude. They just signed a math <laughs> equation. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree, dude. I think everybody's just so ready for the season to get started. Um, 
we're less than 50 days away now until the season starts. So it's just a matter of time before we start getting in that training camp mode. We start getting that preseason mode. And then before you know it, pucks dropping on opening night. And we can, we can all look forward to that after getting out of work, go home, crack open a beer, sit down, order a pizza and just watch the game. Like it's, it, I, it's my favorite time of the year. It's oh. what I was born to do. Um, but but crack um, open colon with the fellas and watch the bees. Yeah, and live tweet about the Bruins, dude. I was put this earth for one thing, and that's eat pizza, drink beer, and watch the bees. That's that's exactly (laughs) what my life is, dude. But um, so this next question comes in from the goat Bruins off season mode. Follow him on Twitter at Incredible Mister E Seven Ethan Two We actually got DMs from both Ethans today, so shout out. Yeah, but. He said, let's talk some NCAA. Who do you boys have picked to win the Natty this year? Can Quinnipiac run it back? Can Michigan get over the hump? Will one of the Minnesota teams make it? It's always hashtag glow blue. And just for Uncle Boosie, I know he'll be supporting the club too. For me? I want to go. Yeah, you go. You want to go first? Do you want to go first, Chris? It's not close for me. It's Boston College. Yes, that's what I have too. Let's go. Go Eagles, baby. Boston College is going to be an absolute fucking wagon this year. Wagon. wagon. And, dude, an already loaded team that had Cutter Gautier. Now you're adding the entire – that first line from the national development team, yep. Will Smith, Gabe Perot, and Ryan Leonard. They're going to – they're fucking loaded. Like, I don't – I think it's going to be close between them and Michigan. Yeah. Sorry, Mel. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I think ultimately BC runs away with it. And I, I honestly don't think it's close. Yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. A BC, I, I'm hoping to go to so many of those BC Eagles games this year. Um, it's been a while since I've been to a college hockey game. Uh, I think the last time when I went to was at UMass when uh, Kale McCarr was there. But BC is going to be loaded. It's going to be right down the street for me. I'm going to be there as much as I can be, and uh, I can't wait to watch them win a national title. Mel, you know what I just heard. A whole lot of yapping. A whole <laughs> lot of yapping. It doesn't matter what you say. Quinnipiac, they've never been favorites. They've been underdogs every year. They've been the butt of every joke because they can get to the big game and they lose. Well, guess what? They didn't last year. They won the national championship for a reason. They ran through the Big Ten. They destroyed Michigan 5-2. to two. Adam, the Adam Fantilli-led Michigan Wolverines got shit on by the Quinnipiac Bobcats who are bringing back almost their entire roster – who got some big transfers because now Quinnipiac's the hot ticket. Everybody wants to join Red Pecknell down there in Hamden, and I don't blame them. Quinnipiac will run it back this year. Uh, not a doubt in my mind. BC, ACDC, doesn't matter who the hell they're playing. <laughs> Quinnipiac will be back-to-back <laughs> national champions. And this time, I will go to the Frozen Four because I was pissed I didn't go this past year. So well, put that in your pipe and smoke it. I respect What'd it. What'd you say? If you're such a big, why didn't you go? If you're such a big fan, I, I don't get it. Because it was in Tampa between Thursday and Saturday, and I couldn't get off of work. Well, I will well, say know what. <laughs> I, will, I will say this about Quinnipiac, though. I loved watching Colin Graf, dude. Good, he was good. Sick, insane, insane. So underrated, and like I, and he was high up, dude, in the, in the NCAA stats too. But like, obviously, you don't hear a lot about him. Sam Lipkin is nasty. Uh, yep. Mets other captain, like dude, I, they're they were fucking loaded last year. And, and even like- uh, 
Yanni, Yanni Peretz, absolutely, he's gone, which is a big loss because he signed yeah. with uh, Carolina. But his, if you look at his numbers, like Insane. if you're listening, just just pause the pause the episode and go look at Yanni Peretz's numbers the last couple of years. It's unfathomable that this guy was not was not highly recruited coming into college. He was, I mean, he he went undrafted. He signed with Carolina. Unbelievable. His numbers are. I don't think he ever had a goals against average like over 1.5. And I don't think he ever had a save percentage like under 940. I mean, he was stopping everything that was, and he was a big reason why Quinnipiac made it as far as he did. Colin Graff was insane last year. I think he was like third, third or fourth in the country in points. And he wasn't a Hobie Baker finalist. And everybody was so pissed because Quinnipiac never gets the, the, the recognition that we deserve. And we finally have what seems like, uh, a, a national superstar potentially in Colin Graff putting the, the school on the board and he wasn't a Hobie Baker finalist. So just because it, it, I think it would do an injustice to Peretz if we just didn't read his stats on, you read know, him live off. on the pod. Dude, also he played for the junior Bruins. So for, for two years, he was a junior Bruin in the NCDC, but uh, at Quinnipiac 2021, 2022, 31 games played. Um, Let's see. He was a he had a 1.17 goals against average and a 9.39 save percentage. Uh, he followed that year up with 41 games. He had a 1.49 goals against and a 9.31 save percentage. And then last season, 41 games again, um, 1.49, 9.31. So I mean, dude, he absolutely disgusting goalie. Carolina has got a good prospect on their hands. Um, but yeah, my Mel's rolling with Quinnipiac and me and Davis are the BC boys. So yeah, I, I wanted to bring up, I think it's so bizarre with like how the, like not recruitment, but I, I think with like these goalies last year, you had Minnesota state Dryden McKay. Yeah. Who, again, I don't know if you guys know anything about him. He had a fucking unbelievable season. Could have easily won the Hobie Baker. He did win the Hobie Baker, like by a landslide. And he was an undrafted guy, and I think it's kind of similar to Peretz this year. Like, it's so bizarre how these guys aren't like drafted higher. Like, I don't really understand yeah. what the rationale between like of that is, and I think it's such a steal for like Carolina. And I think last McKay played was Toronto, but I think he might be with the Marlies. I'm not sure, but it's just it's kind of crazy how like these guys are going undrafted and. Like, I mean, I think these are steals for these, you know, for these teams. Yeah, for some reason, uh, college hockey goalies tend to fly under the radar. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, we just listed off, you know, BC's roster. That's These guys are going up against NHL top-level prospects every other night. And it's like they just get overlooked for some reason. I don't know if it's because they're looking overseas for goalies for you know those bigger finnish goalies those sweet um finnish guys just, yeah yeah I, I don't i don't get it or maybe they're looking more towards juniors and up in canada who knows but um we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago how the how ncaa hockey is getting more recognition now you you're seeing more guys taken out of d1 hockey higher up in the draft and you see them succeeding in the nhl like Tage Thompson up at UConn. Now he's all of a sudden an NHL superstar in Buffalo. Um, it's 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 good to see college hockey getting the recognition that they've deserved for a while. I feel like hopefully this could be kind of the new wave of, of what we're seeing from the jump from NCAA college hockey athletes to the NHL. Because like you just said, Sully, we were talking about it a while ago. 
And uh, forever, it seemed like every player in the NHL, they were coming out of Canadian juniors. They're coming from overseas. It, it really, you didn't really see a lot of guys making that jump from the NCAA to the NHL. And if they did, they were like celebrated because they made it, not because right. they're superstars. And I feel like now, I mean, how many of the top five picks now are from the NCAA? We just had that draft a couple years ago where four of the top guys alone were from Michigan. And I feel like maybe the conversation on some of these goalies, I know it's a conversation people have had all the time with Quinnipiac, is that it, the numbers are insane, but who are you playing? You know, and that like a lot of these guys, like I know Yanni Peretz, those numbers, they they jump out at you, but people always shit on the ECAC and these guys that they're playing. And it wasn't until I don't want to keep having to bring Quinnipiac up into it, but like the, the run that they had this year, they always say, well, wait until they play the Big Ten. Wait until this happens. And I feel like for a lot of these goalies, maybe some of these guys who are playing at some of the smaller schools, not your BC, not your BU, not your you know, Minnesota, not your North Dakota. I mean, they probably have a harder time trying to make some noise just because of the level of competition that they're putting unreal numbers against. I mean, nobody's nobody's watching. Or maybe they go, oh, yeah, you know, you had a 950 save percentage and a sub one goals against average, but you're playing against kids who just came out of high school or whatever it might be. So I feel like the competition of NCAA is increasing. Um, I think you're seeing an influx of now. You're seeing a lot of, like, Canadian players, too, who aren't, doing the normal route of playing juniors and they're coming right into the NCAA. I mean, you, when, when would you ever seeing that 10 years ago? And I feel like with, with the, the players that are now coming into the NCAA and I think that the talent that's beginning to spread out across the, the league as well. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more players make that jump and become stars. Like some of the names that Silly just mentioned. Yeah. I, and I think this, especially this coming year, it's going to be a huge year. Because I think you're you're looking at potentially the number one overall pick. He's going to be a BU kid. He's one of those kids that was from Canada, Macklin Celebrini, that decided not to do the traditional Canadian hockey route, and he's going to play a year probably at BU, and he's probably going to be the number one overall pick. You know, it could take your pick between him and Cole Eisman. Now, are are you a big college hockey guy? I am. I yeah. For sure. Now, if if you're a guy like that, what is the turn on from coming to the NCAA and playing for BU as opposed to doing like what Connor Bedard did and just run rampant through Canadian juniors? See, I think I think the competition in college hockey is like you mentioned you were just talking about. It's gotten a lot. It's really phenomenal, dude. Like, yeah. and the, these kids are fucking nasty that are coming in. And you just saw fucking Fantilli go two overall. I think if you can go into college hockey and light it up for one season, you're looking at being a top five pick easily. Like Fantilli played one year, dude. Yeah. yeah. Do do they do players get paid in the the CHO? I don't know I don't know if I'm not I'm not sure on that. But I do know these fucking NIL deals now are ridiculous, dude. Yeah, and, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, and I'm not sure what it looks like as far as hockey players go, but I know you obviously look at like the football players, fucking Livy Dunn, gym, gymnast at LSU. Like mm. these deals are fucking ridiculous. The amount of money yeah. being paid. I was gonna say too, it, it could be like a stability thing because I know you can get traded in the CHO where you don't get traded in college hockey. You can make yeah. some significant money in terms of endorsements, like you just mentioned. Where I don't know what the money looks like in CHL if there is any money. I also don't know what the travel is like in the CHL. I know college hockey, you don't travel all that far really until like playoffs start. You know, you really just kind of stay around your conference for most of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think that that you're right, and I think we're really going to start seeing a lot more players make the jump and go to the NCAA rather than the CHL. So your question on if junior players get paid, 
Um, CHL players are given small weekly stipends during the season, ranging from $50 for first-year players to $150 for those of the year of eligibility remaining. So they yeah. get stipends. And I mean, if you're like, if you're like, uh, a, if you're like a 17 year old kid or whatever you are, and you have the opportunity to live and play hockey for free in Boston, and you're going to be making, you know, and you're, and you're potentially getting a degree as well. Yeah. And you're making, I mean, most of them, I think are probably one and done the real superstars right. who come from right. college, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm not all that familiar with the CHL, so I don't want to go too hard on comparisons, but I mean, there are, there are a lot of turn-ons to being a, a hockey star at a big time college hockey program in the United States. And I'm sure there are a bunch in the CHL as well, but I feel like maybe now people are starting to recognize that like, Hey, you know, it's not just a quality of life thing that you get being a, a superstar athlete at a big time division one hockey program, but it's also, you know, you get some money here as well. And the hockey is just as good, if not better. Sully, did you say $50 a week? Yep, $50 stipend a week. Dude, you got to get a second job. For me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You got to save up to go to the movies. Yeah. Dude, so... I think overall, like you said, Mel, and this will be the last thing I say, I think it's just also just that college experience. Like, I don't think there's anything like playing with your buddies. Like, I I just think that's definitely a turn on. Um, It's not really viewed as... CHL is they're professionals um mm-hmm. and i think with that college experience you still get to have fun you know it's definitely a turn on if, for anyone you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure um but so jumping from ethan 2.0 to og ethan uh ethan moriarty uh he says sup boys fun hypothetical question for the pod who is a hockey hall of famer that was never a bruin that you would have loved to see play in boston uh, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, first of all, one. first of all, I want to give a very happy birthday to happy Ethan. Happy birthday! Did you Ethan, plug his Twitter? Um, at emoriartywx. His birthday was is. on Sunday. He turned twenty-four. Happy birthday, bud! Love you. Hope you're doing well. If I had to pick uh, a Bruin that or somebody to be a Bruin who's in the Hall of Fame who wasn't a Bruin, I would have loved to see Dominic Hasek play for the Bruins. That would have been Ooh. that would have been especially those years there, like those ninety years into the early two. Th- Bruins could have used the goalie. I'm just saying we wouldn't have had Hanu Toivonen though, which which really would have sucked. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I think I think Hasek is probably my he's he's hands down my favorite goalie of all time. He's one of my favorite players, and to watch him dominate the crease, I think in the black and gold would have been an excitement like no other. Hmm. This is a good question, dude. Yeah. Uh, really good question, dude. Yeah. Really makes you think. Yeah, I have a I have so many names in my head, but I want to make sure I pick somebody who I who I really, really mean. You know who um, else would have been good too? Nicholas Lidstrom. He would have been nice. Because uh, I'm trying to think as well of, you know, the Bruins have always been known for uh, a rich history of defensemen. Yes. And well, uh Dude. Passing the torch from Ray Bork to Nick Lidstrom. I mean, I know their careers overlapped a bit, but dude won like seven Norris trophies. That's ridiculous. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm kind of in the same mindset as you right now with the defenseman. So I have a couple that I'm looking at. I got Paul Coffey for one. Paul Coffey on the back end would have been. Paul Coffey was weird. a Bruin. What? For a, was for, he? For, yeah, for the very last year of his career, he was a Bruin. 
Uh, then he doesn't count. Am I oh, like how did I not know that? How did I not know that? Because he played uh, like six games. So you wouldn't. All right. Well, either way, I'll go with this one. I'll say Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros in a oh, Bruins yeah. jersey. Oh my god, that's like that's like put it in the spank bank. Dude. I can I can I can see the pictures now. The cover of the magazine. Did you ever see the picture of? Uh, you're not a basketball guy, but Marty the Meat Man knows what I'm talking about. Like six or seven years ago, uh, ESPN did a photo shoot with Kevin Garnett and Carl Anthony Towns right after they drafted Towns, and it was it was. Kevin Garnett, because Kevin Garnett was back on the Timberwolves at the time, and his hand was like he was standing behind him, like his hand on him, because it was like you know passing the torch from the franchise great big man to the next. And you could do the same thing with like Cam Neely standing behind Eric Lindros, kind of you know the the power forward, the original power forward, handing the keys of the franchise to who everybody thought was going to be the greatest you know power forward player of all time, and Eric Lindros. But yeah. that would be cool. That would be sick. I I got one that. I always love the gritty guys, the fucking power forwards, and someone who I think would have been an unreal fit is Bobby Clark. Ooh, dude, that's Bobby Clark in in the spoked B. Can you fucking imagine? Like the way this dude played, I I think he would have been the perfect Bruin. And and honestly, I love watching those old highlights of all those fucking lunatics. Dude, he w- I think he would have been an unreal Bruin. He's crazy. Also, uh, a little little throw out here. Uh, a modern-day player who could have been, I think, a really great Bruin who wasn't a superstar is I feel like Wayne Simmons would have been a fantastic Bruin. He would have been a great Bruin, like in his, his prime. Yeah, he could score the goal, some goals. He could piss people off. He could fight like hell. His style of hockey, I think, would have fit perfectly with everything that the Bruins represent. Yeah. Dude, he would have been sick. What the hell are you laughing at? <laughs> Just the way that you said, I think you said, the way he can score the goal. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself too. <laughs> Sometimes um, talking is hard. Hey, when it's when you, I get excited when I talk about Wayne Davis. Oh my God. Wayne Davis. <laughs> Who is looking at Chris? Just Wayne move on, Davis. man. I can't say that. years. Wayne Davis. Um, all right, this next question comes in to um, – or this next question comes in from Ace. Uh, shout out to Pad Stack. Uh, follow him on Twitter at AceIn603. He said, thoughts on NHL 24 and um, what's been revealed so far? I love it. I think it looks great. The The new passing system looks phenomenal. I'm so glad they did that so now you don't have to get frustrated when clearly you want to pass to one guy and then it ricochets to the corner. Um, I'm just, I'm just so excited for for cross platform. That, that is too. like, that's oh my, that's all I've been thinking about. I know they have a little, some more customizable features. I know sometimes when you would try to like customize your uh, your player, whether it be like how he looks on the ice or how he looks when you're like playing on the the pond, you know, you have like two different character custom. It was yeah. like, oh my, it's like hieroglyphics. Like some of that shit was so confusing. And I saw the uh, the UX design this year looks a lot easier to navigate unless maybe i'm just yeah. an idiot and it's it's always been easy for you guys but no um, no it's the most it's the most confusing prolonged process of all time it's so yeah, stupid like, oh and they got God, rid of the alone and they got rid of the hockey bags too so now you don't have to scroll through hockey bags for like oh, 15 what are they, minutes what do they have now um i believe it's just like a reward system where it just pops up and it's in like one screen what is I what believe. is i I saw you were talking about there's a new playoff system. What is the playoff system like now? Yes. So you it's it's just like uh 
the NHL. You you have you play four seven round series, and there's no way it's against the same team because playing you know having to play against the same team in a seven game series in EASHL is like borderline impossible. So it's probably gonna just have you play you know keep track of your series oh, see if you cool. can keep winning like so it's it's much better that way it's easier to follow along i don't even know how the eashl playoffs work right now um but i i like it i think the game looks good and i think i think that's the general consensus from everybody who's played um you know the um uh like the beta and, the and live testings. yeah everybody's saying it's good it's fun you know there's a couple things that they got to work on but with time they'll fix that and that's kind of the point with the beta and 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 this whole you know pre-release play thing um and i've also heard that the hitting mechanics are awesome the animation that you can send people over the boards and break the glass now i think that's awesome yeah did i see that brett got a code or something to test it out yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't know how he can do that because he plays on like fucking GameCube or what? Like, <laughs> dude, oh, he's loading up the N64. He plays on the Nintendo Wii, dude. <laughs> he's playing NHL Slap Shot. You remember that game? You have, yeah. I have it, stick. dude. It's so I much still fun. have it. I it's a collect. I have that, and I have uh, Tony Hawk Skate too with the skateboard. Dude, the, the like the Pee Wee to Pro mode in Slap Shot, so oh sick, God, so guess, sick. Um, do you guys follow uh, Nasher at all? I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I know. I know who he is. I don't follow him. Though. Yeah, dude. He posted like this graphic, and I saw a dude wearing a fucking tinted fishbowl. Yes. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah. I need that. I need, I need that. that. I, I need also that. like. I also like <laughs> what they did with like the offensive zone gameplay. How they added like momentum or whatever. If you yeah. if you have the puck yeah. in the zone for a while, and like the momentum builds, and people are the opponent is more likely to lose their man and to make a mistake. And also the other team's goalie has um, stamina now, so they can get yep. tired. So it's not like you're playing against a brick wall all game. Like they actually flop and dive, and you can score much more easily, which uh, which is nice for us because I know we've had some trouble scoring goals in the past. I will say, though, there's one thing that I don't like, and it's the it's the uh, deking system. How now? It's just one button. It's one button for the Michigan. It's one button for the one hand deke. It's it kind of takes the skill gap away a little bit. Yeah. So can you still use like your right stick though to like stick handle and to make moves you, and toe drags and shit? Yeah, you can. It, I think you have to use the skill stick option, but I mean. If I just get Michigan to death by these kids pressing Y, I'm going to be so angry. No, you're definitely angry. There's going to be somebody who's going to incorporate into a move somehow, and it's going to take over the game or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be something that, like, I I still won't fucking figure out how to do it, so it won't even matter. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's jump into this next one here. Um, This comes in from B's Memes. Follow him on Twitter at Big Bad Bees Memes. He said, "Would you sign Jay O'Brien? Can the Bruins even do so since they don't have a second rounder in '24 that Philly would have to get as compensation?" Um, I think that kind of passed with the Farinacci signing. Um, Farinacci sequence. The yeah, the Farinacci sequence. Albert Einstein, the math equation. John Farinacci. <laughs> um, it would have been a nice pickup, but obviously Farinacci plays center. Uh, he's, he's very defensively minded. He's, he's a two way guy. I think they felt more comfortable and safer to pick up, uh, Farinacci. Um, I think so, you're yeah, forgetting Brian though O'Brien. that, I think you're forgetting though that Joe Bryan's from Hingham. Ah, I'm well, sure yeah. Donnie's in his living room right now. Meeting well, his my parents. question would be, would the Bruins have to get back their second round pick? 
Like they don't have their second round pick right now. I don't think would right. they then have to trade for their second round pick, get that pick back. Then they could sign O'Brien and then that would be the compensation. I don't know how I, that works. I think so. I think so. So at that point, it's like too much of a headache. Well, Not worth it. I mean, I, I would, I loved O'Brien um, last year. It's a heavy, heavy cost though. It is. It's just a lot of maneuvering. Um, I mean, I, I would love to have him on this roster, especially as a, a natural center, because um, yeah. we definitely need those. Um, but, you know, I'm not attached to it. I, I think them bringing in Farinacci was plenty. Um, I think he's definitely the better fit in their system overall. He's, like you said, so he's a defensive-minded, you know, centerman. I think he's the, he was the better fit. So I, I'm not attached to the idea of bringing in O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um We'll jump over to Grace's question. Grace Roberts, shout out again, all goals, no misses. Um, ooh, I got to find her Twitter really quick. You can follow her on Twitter at grobs underscore Boston. And she asked, when do y'all think the Bruins will announce a new captain? How much of a cooling off period after Bergie's retirement do we need? I'm ready now. Name a captain. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Maybe, maybe they won't. We'll just see opening night who skates out with that C on their sweater. That'd be cool. That would actually be kind of cool. I, I honestly wouldn't mind that. It'd be part of the celebration of everything that's going on. Here's a wild thought. Do, do you remember last year, or not last year, when they announced that Bergeron was going to be the captain and, and Marshy kind of fucked around with him and <laughs> yes. gave him the C? Yeah. What if they did something like similar to that where like Bergeron was in the locker room and like kind of was fucking around Ooh. with Marshan and like, I, I don't know, I could. I'm with you guys completely. They should not go this season without a captain. Like, I think the idea of fucking four alternate or whatever is dumb. Yeah, like, I don't like that. Oh, dumb. Name a captain. Like, yeah. Get over it. Especially yeah. it's it's a hundredth season. You're the you're yeah. original six team, dude. You need a captain. You have I'm to have a captain. Four, if you're gonna do it, Mark, give Marsha and the C if you want to keep the you know the way that they've been doing things or. If you want a captain for the next 10, 15 years, yeah, give it to McAvoy or Pasta. Also, how electric would it be on opening night? Like like you mentioned, like they don't announce it um, like via social media or whatever. They do it opening night. How electric would it be if you have Bergeron there dropping the puck for opening night? He's wearing his, his jersey with the C on it. And say they do something where he transfers the C over to like – the patch is Velcro. He just rips it off. Yeah, rips it off. It's, it's, it's all crooked. This is your response. It's upside down. It's a U. <laughs> you are the captain. You <laughs> know, dude. That's Zito and Bork taking off the jersey and whatever. Like, yes. How they yeah. work that, but or dude, or he he like gives that. he gives his jersey to Mac. He just. Turns it at that 37 upside down, and here you go. There's your number. No, I made him sound like Char. My bad, <laughs> dude. If they could do something like that to announce the captaincy, that would be pretty cool. But I, I, I do think it's going to be 50 50 Marshawn or McAvoy, probably Marshawn, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, I could see either, honestly. I'd I be feel it. Like, I yeah. feel like whenever they announce it, I don't think it's just going to be like a a tweet hey so-and-so is a new captain i think they're gonna do a whole 
a whole thing for probably what either it be <laughs> maybe a, maybe a ceremony to uh, for the first game or something i feel like if it's somebody who's going to be a long-term captain like mcavoy or pot stop what are you laughing at <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna drop marshawn down from the ceiling on like the <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the they're gonna they're gonna nobody knew this but actually the the garden it has a removable roof and he's gonna parachute in with full gear and he's gonna be playing <laughs> on the middle of the ice <laughs> spotlights on him he gets stuck in the zakum bridge they gotta go get a fire truck and a ladder it, and it, down. it becomes yeah. they just get char to grab him <laughs> They're gonna have um, in the rafter seats, dude. Just fucking yeah. lower them down, dude. Yeah. We're hitting the game's over the start here. We gotta start without them. Just we'll pull them down later. Guys hanging from the Zakum. Dude, yeah. Um all right, so let me see here. Uh la la la. We have a couple more. This one comes in from Brett again at only Bruins Pod. Um he asked, How likely is it that at this time next year we still have Swayman and Allmark? I think you're gonna have Swayman. I think mm-hmm. you have Allmark. <laughs> yeah, I think Allmark gets moved. Yeah, I do too. I think at this point next year, I think Allmark is gone. So yeah, yeah, make this year gonna, worth it. That's gonna suck too. But Mike, they're gonna get to a Mike, point where they're gonna have to change. Yeah. Yeah, it could I mean, be. Be a deadline thing. Who knows? I mean, it could. Yeah, yeah it could be this year. We we don't know. But um, at the, if if we're talking strictly this point next year, I think Allmark is gone, and we have a new number one center. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> so shout out Brett. Um, next one comes in from Stewart. Uh, Stu brings the base. You can follow him on Twitter at Stewart. Poitavin. I hope to God I pronounced that right. Probably. Hanu Toivadin? Yes, his brother. So <laughs> he said, Will Krejci's number be retired before Rask? Uh, no. 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 I think, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, and it really pisses me off to say this, but I feel like you might not see either of them get retired. I've listened. I've been on the front lines. I'm there leading the charge. I'm waving the flag for Tuka Rast. I'm going to get retired. But this team, for whatever reason, doesn't like retiring goalie jersey numbers. And um, I think that Tuka Rask is more deserving than David Krejci of getting his number retired. And I just think neither of them are going to get it retired, unfortunately. Well, I agree. That's perfect because our last DM of the day also comes in from Grace. Follow her on Twitter, as I said earlier, at G-Rob's Boston. She said, should the Bruins retire Krejci's number? No. Uh, yeah, we're all now. No. Uh, I'm going to say this. There are numbers up in those rafters right now that absolutely do not deserve to be retired. Yep. Lionel Hitchman. Lionel Hitchman. <laughs> <laughs> we spent some good time on it last episode. Like, I think – I think – Dude, it's just it, – it's one of those things, and, and I know I – it's not necessarily the same thing, but it kind of feels like that everyone gets a trophy type thing. Right. Like, again, I just don't think – like, I think the, the threshold of what we've created of, like, who deserves to get their number retired, I think we're getting away from the fact of, like, how special it is to get your number, reti- like, completely retired from a team. Forever. Like, I think we're forgetting <laughs> about that. Like, again, if I had my pick – Dude, fucking it, – it's Bergeron and Chara. That's it. Yeah. For, for players that played during our time, those yeah. are the two, and, and there's no one else. 
Well, yeah, here's here's a here's a question because that, I mean, that core of that of the team, excluding goalies, was Bergeron, Krejci, and Chara for all those years, and and Bergeron and Chara will have their numbers retired for a million reasons. Most notably, they will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame someday. But if if the Bruins won one more cup, if they won in 2019 or if they won in 2013, if they were two and one instead of one and two, do you think that Krejci would then get his number retired? Because then this core would have two Stanley Cups, and all three of them would be hanging. I think it's a a much better argument in favor of it. I think if if they win one more cup, then I think his chances are significantly higher than than they are now. I I don't think there's a chance at this point. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) For for all you guys listening on Spotify, this whole time we didn't have the banner up on the bottom of the screen. I just pulled it up with like 10 minutes left to go in the episode. I I was talking because this whole episode, there's been like a great – bar on the bottom of it. I'm like, what? Is that always been there? Is there something supposed to be there? <laughs> and in the middle of Dave is talking, you so slowly reach forward and press one button. Like, what? <laughs> you press the button and suddenly the ticker's there on the bottom of the screen. Oh my god. Better late than never. Better late than never. But Davis, um, Davis, keep going. Keep yeah, going. No, so I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up. Like, if we're talking crazy, no, I don't think he, I mean, phenomenal career as a Bruin, like, one of the most important Bruins of all time. Like, I don't think they necessarily have that 2011 cup without him. They definitely need him. Um, As far as Tuca goes, I think if you're going to put Tuca up there, you have to put Tim Thomas. I I think that's just the way. I just think that's the way, like, what do you, what do you play for? Do you play for regular season stats? Like I, again, this is my point of like, we've kind of gotten away from what having your number retired means. Like yeah. you don't play for fucking regular season stats. You win. You play for Stanley Cups, and I think again how important Tim Thomas was to that team. They probably don't have that cup without Tim Thomas, and I'll argue that fucking till till the day I die. They and definitely I, don't have that cup. Exactly, and, I, and like I said, if you're gonna put forty up in the rafters because of stats and whatever, then you have to put thirty up there for for being the most important piece of that Stanley Cup run. Yeah, Uh, it's a a tough call. But like again, it I the right thing to do is I don't think either of them should have their numbers retired. Like that's the easy. But then that's what I've talked about with Sully before. If you don't retire Tuka Rask, who has every stat leader that a goalie in the Bruins franchise could possibly have, he's number one in literally everything. And if you don't retire Tim Thomas, who had probably the two most dominant seasons in modern hockey a goalie's ever had it seemed like who had the greatest if i'm not mistaken the stats back it up the greatest playoff run a goalie has ever had in the history of the nhl if you don't retire those goalies numbers then what's it like what's it gonna take who's gonna nobody's ever gonna get their number retired as a goaltender in boston i think their chances of fucking retiring goalies numbers is way past and i think they made the mistake of not doing so earlier there's goalies that belong in those rafters and the fact yeah. that they haven't retired any of them, like, so what are you going to start now and not retire those old players? Like, it's not, it's, there's no way they do that. Well, I mean, it's, it's never too late either. They retired Rick Middleton's number like f- almost four decades after he finally retired. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you, like, I, we were talking about, um, 
uh, Tiny Thompson, his number should be retired. Uh, uh, Tim Thomas, you you absolutely have an argument for Tim Thomas, and I still feel like Tuka Rask should be a shoe in. And I can, and the the main argument that Tuka Rask shouldn't have his number retired is because there are other goalies in the Bruins who didn't have the number retired. And I feel like that's not an argument. They if 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 he deserves to have his number retired, and you're not hanging up because some other guys who also deserve to have their number numbers retired aren't hung up. Then hang them all up, damn it! Like I don't know what to say. I just I just don't think that's a fair argument for. And I'm not saying that's what you're arguing at all. I'm just saying that's what I've seen a lot of people say. Where, um, you know, Tuka Rask, he has every uh, statistic a Bruins goalie could ever have. He played. He was a starting goalie here for like ten years. He was a Vesna finalist for like three or four seasons. He won a Vesna. His name's on the cup. He was a starting goaltender in three different Stanley Cups. And if if that's not enough to get your number up, then like what the hell? Like what are like you know? It's a it's I don't a, know. It's a slippery slope for many reasons because the precedent that you're setting at that point is any single goalie that surpasses any of those records and has similar you know a similar career has to have their jersey up there. Like I just don't think. Again, what do you my main argument is what do you play this game for? What do these guys play the game for? The Stanley Cup. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing you play for. You don't play for fucking regular season stats. They're great, don't get me wrong. And it's great to have, you know, be the finalist of a Vesna and whatever, but like at the end of the day, you play to win Stanley Cups. Right, but also brought this team single handedly that cup. Like, obviously, yes, the crazies of the world, whatever. But, like, again, my argument is if you're going to put Tuca up there, you have to put Thomas up there. And I, and that's not something I think they're willing to do at this point. Mm. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was going to say something about Tuca, but if I do, we'll be going until 10 because I'm <laughs> a stark Tuca Rask defender. So I'll just leave it there. <laughs> and I want to say this. I'm not a Tuca Rask hater at all. And I hope that's not – what this has come across as because all I'm saying is I'm being an advocate for Tim Thomas as well. Like yeah. I, I think, I think the inconsistency of the fact that they haven't retired any goalies, they've made this a way more difficult argument. Absolutely. And I said, I wasn't going to say anything. I just wanted to say one last thing about Tuka Rask is that he is, he is a hall of famer. My opinion, he's the greatest Bruins goalie of all time. And for people who might think that, all it takes to get your number retired is to have better numbers than Tuka Rask. Well, if you do, congratulations, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, you just surpassed the numbers of a guy who was top three goalie of a generation for the last 15 years. Um, and it's 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 a great position to be in. I mean, the Bruins have a – we talk about their history of uh, defensemen. I mean, they've they've been privileged to have some all-time great goalies as well sprinkled throughout the – like 100 100 years now of being a franchise happy birthday (laughs) Bruins Um, and it's and it's a shame that there isn't a single goalie whose number is represented hanging up in the rafters with the rest of those guys because you can't you can't say that that there aren't goalies who have played for the Bruins who have been as important or in multiple cases of some of the guys up there even more important than some of those guys whose numbers are hanging and I think it's a shame that none of the goalies numbers are up there do you think it's a a fact of like they don't want to admit that they like fucked up because like again I feel like not not in I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it I feel like it's one of it's going to be one of those spiral effects that like once one goalie goes in well, then everyone's going to be like, well, what about this goal from different generations? I see what you're, I see what you're saying. Because yeah, it's like, say, say, 
Yeah, say like a goalie in the future, his numbers aren't anywhere close to Tuca. He doesn't beat him in any of the franchise records, but he was part of a team that, say, won two cups. And then you retire that goalie's number, it's going to be like, okay, well, time out. Because yeah. how are you going to justify putting him ahead outside of cups? Because that's a big that's a big factor in retiring jerseys. But outside of that, what's your argument for having him over Tuca or him over Tiny Thompson? Like, what's the argument there? That's what you're saying. Like, those dominoes yeah. that fall can affect yeah. the previous that, you know, that's, that's the point. That's my only point is I'm not saying that he doesn't belong up in the rafters. I'm just right, saying right. – is it one of those things that they don't want to admit that they fucked up not retiring any goalies numbers? And like once one goes, the domino effect of all these – you have to put all these goalies up there now. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they're just waiting for that last guy to come around who's like you know, Patrick Waugh or Marty Brodeur where he's so great. All You can look at all those past goalies and say, dude, really? Like you're look who you're stacking up against. Like if they reached all the way back for Tiny Thompson to have his number retired, you're going to have – fans of like five goalies throw Bruins franchise history saying, well, hang on a minute. If you're retiring his number, what about our number? Like if you wanted to reach back and retire Tim Thomas's number, I feel like it, it, it hasn't been long enough where you're really disrespecting anybody. I feel like if Thomas gets retired, Tuca has to get retired. Definitely. It's vice, and, it's vice versa. It's vice and, versa. If one goes up, and, the other has to go up. Yeah. And I, and maybe, maybe that's why neither of them have been retired because maybe they're just, I mean, if if you're looking at both of them and you're going, oh, I don't know about Tim Thomas, I don't know about Tuka Rask, but you have to retire both of them. Well, then I think you're you you're gonna have an easier time saying no than you are saying yeah. yes. I don't know. I don't know what we're working with for time, but I I have a kind of a not really a hypothetical. But does Tuka Rask get his number retired if he's with any other organization besides the Bruins? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Hands down. Yes. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean. The first if, thing that comes to mind for me is is Pecorine in, yeah. in Nashville. Oh yeah, I I think it's it's a valid question. Like I I think he gets his number retired if he's it. I'll I'll go even further to say an original six organization. Yep. Any other team besides an original six, I think he has his numbers his forty up in the rafters. Dude, even if say a team like Detroit, if he was in Detroit, I feel like Detroit might might retire his jersey. I feel like the Rain, nah, maybe not the Rangers. Um, I don't know. The Rangers might. Rangers might Hank's too. Dude. Go up. Yeah, without in my mind, Hank's gonna go up. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Hank is Definitely. going up for sure. Hank's going up. You, th- Carey Price, you think he's going up? Uh, I think I think Carey Price. Is going up. Uh, Another one of those things appearance. Like, yeah, the cup appearance, but close. That was also that was also what? The COVID cup? That was the bubble the bubble year. Yeah, I don't I don't even consider that a real like again, uh, is he is he a legend in that city? Absolutely. Like he's a one of the top goal. I just I can't see them. What what's the point of hiring numbers? I mean, I I, th- I think retiring number, and I know it might be different for Montreal because I got twenty three cups. But I mean, I and I know how important Stanley Cups are. But I, I've always felt like it, it's it's more than just winning Stanley Cups. I mean, you're 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 part of a franchise. You're part of the city. Like some of these guys whose numbers are hanging in Boston are are titans of the city whose names will always be remembered here, not just for what they did on the ice, but for off of it as well. And I mean, Carey Price. I mean, he. I mean, hockey's never not going to be popular in Montreal, but he's been. Uh, a superstar, a mainstay in that organization, an organization that's been starved for good hockey for 
would seem like 15 years now. I mean, I know they need, I think it was, was it, has it been two trips to the cup in the last, either way. But I mean, Carey Price, I mean, he's a heart winner. He's got a Vesna. I mean, former first round pick. I mean, he's, he's done everything you can do as a goalie in Montreal, except for winning the big one, which you can't even blame him for because some of those teams you're on were they, ass. The Habs yeah. have a chance to make things right though. Like they, they right. don't necessarily, I don't think they're going to put themselves in a position that like the Bruins are in with not retiring any fucking goalies numbers. Like I could easily, I could see Carey Price going up in Montreal, his number going up for Tuca for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, if you're listening to this, let us know, what do you guys think? Should Tuca go up? Should Tuca not go up? Uh, let us know your justification for it. But outside of that, uh, we did get through all the DMs. So this was the DM episode. So thank you and shout out to all of you guys. Can I play the voicemails that we got from Bergeron retiring like a month ago that we keep forgetting? Actually, yeah. If you have them up, we, we I can do. play them. Um, we have- so these are all the uh, voicemails from, from when Bergeron retired. We asked you guys to send in some voicemails. Uh your just initial thoughts and, and everything that you wanted to say. So, Mel, without further ado. Let me. Oh, man, it's been a while since I've had to play voicemails. Hang on. Let me see if I can figure it out. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. My fat thumbs. Hang on. Your thumbs are fine. They're not fat, Mel. Come on. I needed that. I'm trying to put it on speaker. There we go. There we go. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Listen. Oh, Patrice Bergeron, captain of the Boston Bruins, hanging up after 20 some odd years. It's crazy. It is unfathomable. It, it wasn't expected. We all thought he was coming back for year 100. Uh, there are no words. To thank this man for what he did for this team, for this community, for this, for everyone. Uh, he hoisted the 2011 Stanley Cup. He's a multi six time Selkie winner, a King Clancy Memorial Trophy winner, a Mark Messier Trophy winner. Like, he was everything. He was everything you could ask for in a captain, uh, and more. And this one hurts. Uh, thank you for everything, Bergie. Thank you for, you know, being on the team that I love for the whole time that I've ever watched them play. I dumbfounded doesn't even begin. This one's going to hurt for a while, guys. Meat man out. The meat man! <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was a heartbreaking call. I could feel the emotion. I could, I could, I, I, I listened real. I swear to God, I could hear a couple of tears splash on your phone screen. I know how hard that must have been to get through. You know what this is like? This is like, this is like closure. We're all getting closure right now with these voicemails. So let's yeah. play. Let's play the next one. I feel like we should put like a in memoriam, like a, a sound on the background of this. Here's the next one. Thank you, Bergeron, for all your hard work on and off the ice as a player. Best of luck in retirement. I'm, I don't know who that was, but shout out to you yeah. for the voicemail. I wonder what Bergeron's going to do in retirement. So so sad, dude. 
Yeah. I hope he comes. I hope he's. We've said it before. I hope he has some sort of role in the organization, whether it be as a liaison or just like a like like the Red Sox. Like I know David Ortiz is like a he's like a community guy. Whatever his role is, that could be Bergeron, and he Bergeron, can. And, yeah. and now he could be the peanut guy. Yeah. Oh my God, the usher, right? It, yeah. It, I need Bergeron back game one of the playoffs to be a fucking fan banner captain. And yes. Have- Higher fucking building come down. That's what I need. I need I, him in that locker room every single day, every single game. I agree. That could be a, a new role, a new like a bench boss or whatever. They could create a position within the organization that could just be Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> vibe guy, vibe leader. All right, here's the here's the third and final voicemail. This is the Patrice Bergeron. Thank you. My name is Tommy. I'm a lifelong Bruins fan. Tommy. This one, it's hard. But man, what a great career to a legend in Boston. Our captain, my captain, Stanley Cup champion, record selkie setting center. Just the epitome of everything you would want in a hockey player and a Boston Bruins legend. There are just not enough words to say about Patrice Bergeron. But he will be dearly missed. I gave it his all countless memories, game-winning goals. And up next for the local legend is the Hall of Fame. And number 37 will hang brightly at the rafters of TD Garden. No idea when that takes place, but it would be something special to have during the centennial season. I remember seeing him as a rookie. And you just knew there were special things about Bergeron. What a great career. And it's just a sad day knowing that he is gone. But there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's truly a new era of Boston Bruins hockey. That was a good one. I like that one. Hey, well, that was overdue. Um, but thank you guys for the voicemails. Thanks for the reactions to the Bergeron news. Um, now we can all move on with him fondly in our memories. Um, but you know, what did you say? We can move on with him fondly in our memories. Oh, fondly! I was like, what did you think? Oh my god! I thought you said fondling our memories. I was like, no, what? <laughs> no, he can do that. We're off stream, Sully. He can do that if he wants. <laughs> um, but uh, do you guys want to add anything at the end of the episode? Anything you guys want to want to say before we close it out? Um, first thing about Bergeron, I want to say that his uh his Hall of Fame speech, I am so excited for. I yeah. it's I can't even imagine. He's probably he's probably gonna knowing how classy Bergeron is, he's probably gonna thank every single player he's ever played with. He's gonna thank all of his opponents. He's gonna thank everybody. But um. I want to see the guys too who are going to be in attendance, the people who are going to be posting about him, because the amount of respect that Bergeron has around the league is ridiculous. I know Sully and I were talking about when Bergeron retired, one of the first people to put out a statement was Sidney Crosby on the Pittsburgh Penguins official Twitter account, who also notably accidentally included a photo of Bergeron and Crosby shaking hands at center ice following that four game sweep back in uh, 2013. I don't know if they realized they included that photo, Um, but he's a guy who's so universally respected. I mean, we all know how much we love him here in Boston, but I want to see the NHL community and the stars that come out to support him, whether it be in person 
uh, during his ceremony or uh, on social media like some of the other, other players did when he retired. But that is my closing thought. I also want to thank Chris Davis for joining us this episode. This has been a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. And I'm going to have to join you guys on Drop the Mitts. For sure. Dude. Yeah. yeah, this was a blast. Hilarious as always. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got to get this trio up on Drop the Mitts. Um, it'll be a good episode. But, I mean, outside of that, episode 55, the Johnny Rocket episode of Something's Brewing. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Bruin Something. No G at the end. You can follow us on YouTube at Something's Bruin. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Davis 11. You can Chris follow J. Davis 11. Chris, Chris J. Davis 11. I you can pick up on that. I got you. <laughs> uh, you can also follow the pod account at Drop Mitts Hockey. And you can follow Mel on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, I want to remind everybody that we are in partnership with the Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods, where you'll get all of the network's you know latest articles that are coming, new episodes from from all leagues, NBA, MLB, hopefully soon. I know we got a couple NFL pods in the works, and then obviously uh, NHL pods as well. You also might see some, uh, I know we're, we're heavy on Bruins content right now, but you also might see some other NHL teams joining soon. So keep an eye out on the, on Zeter for that. Yeah, on Zeter. But hey, outside of that, this is episode 55 with Johnny Boychuk, Johnny Rocket, my favorite Bruins defenseman of all time. Johnny Rocket episode. And with that being said, we'll catch you guys all. And she put the sticky note in front of me tonight too. I was like, is this, is this mine? Is there some sort of mistake? And she was like, yeah, it's yours. You want me to take it back? And I was like, oh my God, no. It was just, <laughs> it was just her phone number with a winky face on it. <laughs>